Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Christ is in our midst. Today's service and rite is divided into three parts. First we had the blessing of the palms, and then we had the procession, and now the third part, the sacrifice of the Mass. I think all of us are probably struck this morning by how much attention and ceremony is given to the blessing of the palms. It's a very elaborate and lengthy rite and actually mimics the the Mass itself in many ways. There's an introit, just like at Mass. There's an opening collect. There's a first reading from the Old Testament. There's actually a gradual proper. There's a gospel reading with the whole procession and incense and all of that. There's another collect. There's even a proper preface, which is what officially begins the canon of the Mass. So there's a sung proper preface. Uh, There's a Sanctus. So there's all of that. It's like a little mini mass in a way. Uh, Then we have the five collects and, of course, the distribution of the palms and a closing collect before the procession begins. Uh, If you didn't know any better, if you'd never been to a Palm Sunday uh, done in this way, you'd think that, you know, we had just gone through the mass there, a good part of it, um, with the blessing of the palms. Now, you don't need to have your, you know, PhD in liturgics to realize that the church, by doing this, is assigning great importance to this rite, to the blessing of the palms. And just as a side note, when you are experiencing the liturgy in these ways, you know, you're experiencing it. You're not not dissecting it or trying to understand every little thing that it means, but you're experiencing it. You can use some common sense. (laughs) You can use some logic and some common sense through your experience to draw some conclusions about what the church is, what's going on and what the church is trying to say to us. That is perfectly fine. (laughs) And so if you use a little common sense this morning, it should dawn on you, hmm, the church takes the blessing of these palms really, really seriously. Like we're having like a little skit of the mass, (laughs) complete with everything but the sacrifice itself for these palms. This must be really important. Besides the elaborate ceremony and rite, if you listen to the colics and you have your books, um, I encourage you to go home today because I'm not going to go through all of this. I'm just trying to make one point this morning, really. Um, But I encourage you to go home and read through these colics and the readings And let this day and what this is all about really sink in. Uh, In the colics themselves, they are rich with lots of instruction and doctrine and teaching about what is going on and what we perceive to be happening in the blessing and handing out of these palms and in our procession this morning. 
and how important, really, Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem was, as it was foretold by the prophet. In the very first collect of the blessing of the palms, actually, we ask that these palms which you are holding may serve as a sacrament. They are actually a sacrament. The word is a sacrament of grace. And we also pray that these palms would protect us would protect us both in body and soul and be a remedy for our salvation. So you want to take good care of these palms. You know, don't lay them on the floor. And uh, when you get home, make sure you display them in a prominent and respectful way in place. But these palms, very much like baptismal water, which washes away sin, like the holy fire which illumines us at the Paschal Vigil, like the ashes of Ash Wednesday, which also get a very elaborate rite of blessing, which these palms will become, those ashes, next year. These palms are called a sacrament of grace. Now Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, which we celebrate this day, we would note, comes before his passion. It comes before his passion. Now there is a great joy and triumph in this event of his entry into Jerusalem, complete with, you know, cries of Hosanna and throwing and strawing branches in the way. It's a great and joyous festive event with with praise all around, great expectation that their king has come. And yet, this joyful entry into Jerusalem is going to very, very shortly be followed by another journey of Christ, of the greatest, greatest sorrow, suffering and death as he makes his way to Golgotha. What happens today in this feast of the palms and his entry into Jerusalem is really, it's a foreshadowing, it's a foreshadowing of his ultimate and final victory as he enters into the heavenly Jerusalem. And this occurs at his bodily ascension into heaven. And that is, in fact, the significance when we process outside and we come back to the doors of the church. The doors are shut. The angels, you know, the angelic choir is inside singing through the window uh, so we can hear them. And the doors are shut and we're left outside. We are approaching with Christ, the heavenly Jerusalem. And the subdeacon there, that hymn we sing, by the way, is from the 800s. Um, that we sing antiphonally between the church triumphant and the church militant. Then at the end of the hymn, the subdeacon bangs on the door with the cross. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, that the King of glory may come in. It is through the cross that the doors of heaven are opened and we enter in. So that's what's happening through this whole event. Christ entering into Jerusalem, the banging on the doors of the church, which is the new Jerusalem, the kingdom of God, and us entering in. This whole event of Christ's entry into Jerusalem, all of it, is really a drama of the redemptive story of Christ's saving work. The colics that we read recall for us this drama. The return of humanity, having come through the flood um, with Noah, And the dove, the Holy Spirit, bringing the olive branch of peace, which is also referenced in the colics. The Jews being led through the Red Sea by Moses. All of these prayers 
and the many sermons of the fathers that we can read of this feast. See in this feast and in our liturgical ceremonial acts of worship today the whole story of our redemption. Christ coming in human flesh, sitting on an ass. His defeat of death, his making our peace with God, and finally leading to the real emphasis of today, which is his triumphal and joyous entry into the heavenly Jerusalem, which is the consummation of all his glorious work. Now, historically, we know, as I said already, that this event of him riding on the ass and coming into Jerusalem occurs right up and to and before his passion. And we might ask ourselves, what's actually happening here? Is it a skit? Is he putting on a little skit about, but the real thing happens, you know, after he rises from the dead and enters the heavens? Is it just a symbolic drama for telling what is going to happen? And then we might ask, what about our reenactment of, of it, which we do today in every Palm Sunday till he returns? What are we doing in all of this? Is this just a symbolic drama for didactic purposes? Clearly it is not. As we read in our colleagues, clearly this is not just a symbolic lesson useful for didactic purposes alone. We call this a sacrament, an actual instrument of grace. We say that these very palms you're holding in your hand, <laughs> these are a protection to your body and your soul. They are, in the words of our colleague, a remedy for our salvation. And all of this is emphasized for us by how elaborate this rite and ceremony is this morning. This mass-like ceremony. Yes, Christ has already entered the heavenly Jerusalem himself. And in one sense we've entered with him, in one sense we are seated there with him. But in another very real sense, our day is yet to come. We are still here in this mortal flesh. We are clearly not there yet. He faced his passion, and he came through it victorious. We still face our passion. We still face our cross. Daily. Daily we are enjoined to pick up and carry our cross until our last breath, after which time we shall receive a crown if we faint not. We can think of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, I think very much in the same way that we think of his glorious transfiguration on the Holy Mount. They're similar parallels. The transfiguration event revealed the glory of his divinity fully permeating his humanity in the resurrection, which has happened for our elder brother, but not yet for us. That has not happened for us yet. We anticipate it through the deposit of the Spirit, the gift of the Spirit, but we're not yet fully there. And so Peter, St. Peter, when he is facing his final fight and death and suffering, when he's about to be crucified himself, what does he recall? He recalls the transfiguration to bolster his strength and courage, not the resurrection, interestingly enough. He recalls the transfiguration his personal experience of Christ on the mount. To grab and draw his strength 
because that's where he was living. That was the stage he was in. In that stage. In a similar way, I think this Feast of Palm Sunday works for us as a true sacrament of grace to strengthen us in this life as we are still making our way to the heavenly Jerusalem. As we are still making our way to the heavenly Jerusalem. This event in Christ's life which precedes his passion and we are still in front of our final passion. The end of our passion. Just as this event was in the life of Christ. And so in a sense, we relate to and through this event as a sacrament in our life. Just like we do with transfiguration and Peter did with transfiguration. And what I want to point out is what dominates this the celebration of this joyous entry of Christ. What dominates this sacrament is joy and praises. The cries of Hosanna. The palm branches, which typify joy, by the way, and victory over death and the enemy. We pray this wonderful part of our prayer that we are going to overthrow the empire of death. That's awesome. Sounds like something Tolkien wrote going to overthrow the empire of death. The olive branches, which uh, are in short supply in northern Virginia, so we don't have them, but they, they weren't around in Britain either, but we still pray and bless them. The virtual olive branches, which typify peace and the Holy Spirit and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is really the character of the first part of today's festivities in the blessing of the palms. This is the character of our journey. Now, sorrow enters in very quickly today. Right at the introit of the Mass. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And all of the propers and the Passion Gospel, we return to the reality of life in this mortal flesh, and we return to the sorrow that awaits Christ directly after he comes triumphantly into Jerusalem. That is still a reality. But the dominant theme is not sorrow. It is joy. And the reason for that is sorrow is temporary. The sorrow is passing away. The sorrow is not ultimately what is real. The dominant feature today, and especially in the blessing of the palms and in our procession outside, is joy. Joy is not fleeting. Joy will be our eternal and final state. It is what we hope for. And it is what we experience even in the midst of our sorrow through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it is joy. It is joy that gives us strength to endure in this life. We will have sorrow. We might even have some very dark nights of the soul. But just as St. Peter was forever strengthened by his experience at the Transfiguration, strengthened to face what he had to face, much worse than what we'll probably ever have to face, we have to go through this sorrowful life, I think, in the spirit of Palm Sunday, in the spirit of the blessing of the palms, in the spirit of this procession, this procession of joy where we are singing Hosanna, and praises to our God in great expectation. That's the spirit in which we face this life. With a song in our hearts. With praise on our lips. 
looking up to the triumphant Lord who reigns in heaven and is beckoning us to come to him. So we sing through this life, even in the midst of the passion that lies in front of us, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.